Welcome back to At The Buzzer. I'm your host, Max Langer. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Levi Cutler and Zach Gottlieb. And today we're going to be talking about the NBA Conference Finals. So let's start with Suns Clippers. The Suns have a 2-1 lead in the series. They won the first two games. And as they've done all postseason, the Clippers have bounced back and won game three behind an excellent effort from Paul George at Staples Center. Game four is tonight. And what do you guys think the rest of this series plays out? I don't know. I mean, I feel that the Clippers, although I thought they were going to be shorthanded without Kawhi, I mean, they they had a good win against the Suns, so it could really go either way. It really depends on Paul George and also the role players who step up, like Terrence Mann um, and those guys, too. So it really depends on them. I think they could do it. I mean, Devin Booker didn't have a good game at all, so he'll really need to step up if they want to secure a win. And it wasn't just Devin Booker having a bad shooting night. It was Patrick Beverly being a real pest on defense, getting in his face, talking, and um, really and even breaking his nose. And I think the face mask definitely bothered Devin Booker during that game. You see him, he was, like, changing it all the time. Being at the game, it was able, I was able to see all these little things. And I think you think of the Clippers as, like, this team of really big depth and Really, it's like we're they're really short-handed with all these injuries with Ibaka, with even Morris being injured. Batum has looks like he has something, and Kawhi obviously, and it's kind of a ragtag team. You got Luke Kennard coming off the bench, hitting some threes. Reggie Jackson averaging like 18 points in the postseason, shooting 50, 40, 90. Um, Zubat came up big, probably his best Clipper game of his career last night 16 yeah. boards 15 points he had uh two blocks that was big from Zubac. yeah the role players are really stepping up and i i think the thing with the clippers is you know last year they had all the expectations i think they were like co-favorites entering the bubble with the lakers and you know every single like analyst like from jalen rose to jay williams so like the clippers have so much death you know, even even other NBA players said that. So all the expectations were on them. But now that, you know, Kawhi is injured, everyone expects them to fall down and they expect the Suns to win and go on to the finals. But, you know, the Clippers have no pressure now. They've, like, if they lose, they can they can blame it on injuries. So I, I feel like without much pressure, they're really thriving in this role. But I think they have a lot of pressure at the same time as well as they're they got their backs against the wall, and this is kind of what they want. Like, they're if they're gonna win a championship, it's gonna be as the underdog. It's yeah. It's not gonna be as the favorites, and you can argue that this. I, I'm not gonna argue it because I think it's true. This year's Clipper team is a hundred percent better, even without Lou Williams or Montrezl Harrell, or who else? Even Kawhi being out, this team is much better. Terrence Mann, sophomore year player, stepping up. 39 points in a closeout game. He yeah. brings energy. He's ath- underrated athleticism defensively. He can create his own shot kind of in the, not not to the highest extent, but he can create his own shot. Reggie Jackson, so much better than last year. Pat Bev, peak Pat Bev with the rebounding, the defense, and even hitting some threes. Batum doing everything defensively, hitting threes, playing like a real center, really making that small ball lineup work. Luke Kennard hitting threes. Rondo's been a disappointment. Everyone's saying playoff Rondo. Yeah, then, but he, his leadership has, has helped them. Without without him, 
I don't think they come back to a 2-0 against Dallas, 2-0 against Utah, and who knows, maybe even 2-0 against Phoenix. Yeah, it's really a big part of their locker room. I feel like giving up that offense in Lou Williams was definitely, I mean, it was good getting that leadership because they have a lot of offensive pieces. I mean, Reggie Jackson in the fourth quarter has just been insane. Mr. Um, June. Yeah. yeah. The uh, the Clippers have all the momentum right now after uh, taking game three, but at the same time, I still feel like the Suns are extremely confident because uh, going up until that game three, they hadn't lost a playoff game until they were down since they were down 2-1 to the Lakers. I think they'd won like nine straight or something. So, I mean, I think Chris Paul is going to be, you know, in that locker room talking to the guys about how they can bounce back and win game four. And if they do go up 3-1, um, if they do go up 3-1 tonight, um, I I extremely doubt the Clippers are going to be able to win, win three straight, you know, especially with Kawhi. Even if he does return, you know, returning from that, he's not going to be at 100%. So, yeah, I, I think this game is crucial for, um, for both teams, honestly. I think, um, you, I think Lou Williams was actually a really good trade, even though he actually was pretty good in the playoffs this year. In the last 10 years, he's one of the worst playoff performers in the league. He, he doesn't come off offensively, and that's where he kind of – that's where he gets his uh, – that's why he's a good player, just because of his offense and how he can create his own shot so easily. But I think the Suns should actually be a little worried because the Clippers shot it poorly. They only made two more threes than the Suns, and they won by 14. They really should have won by 18. Those last two buckets by the Suns were in garbage time. Um, and Paul George had a really bad shooting night, and they still kind of – Put their foot down even with chris paul being there. yeah even though chris paul played poorly they chris paul and devin booker shot 25 percent together and and wouldn't collected. it be wouldn't it be fascinating if the clippers did end up beating the suns and um the um and the hawks ended up beating the bucks and lou williams had his revenge series against the clippers yeah and yeah, going off the thing of like little beefs and all these old yeah players facing their old teams. Chris Paul has a game, like a 12-year beef going on. Rondo spit on Chris Paul in the game before. Yeah. Um, DeMarcus Cousins and Chris Paul had a beef when Boogie was in Sacramento and Chris Paul was on the Clippers. I mean, there's all these little storylines in the series, and it's a really fun series to watch with the defensive intensity brought by both sides. I mean, you got Macau Bridges, <laughs> DeAndre Aiden, uh, Jay Crowder, Chris Paul, uh, who else on the Suns brings some good defense? I mean, those are like the four main guys. And then the Clippers, you got Pat Bev. PG's been a little so-so. Um, uh, Zubot's been a good defensive presence, but it's it's just a lot of energy from the Clippers yeah. and intensity, which is propelling them forward. And, and Paul George has been, you know, he's been great this year when – in the playoffs so far when when Kawhi isn't playing when when all the attention is on him when all the pressure is on him he's risen to the occasion and you know last year and even at the beginning of this series against Dallas you know he 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 was awful and I don't know if that's because he had Kawhi with him and you know he didn't feel any pressure to make baskets and it was on Kawhi but I mean it, it it wasn't good you know it wasn't good so I I think he's 
he's he's thriving more that he's the main he's the main number one option now on the Clippers. Yeah, I think we should bring our attention to the Suns and the injury that kind of hurt them in that game. Cameron Payne only playing four minutes, going down with an ankle injury. Looks like he'll be back for game four, but Cameron Payne has been really good all year and really good in the playoffs. He's been a little spark plug. He's fast as hell, and he can get past anyone. He was driving past PG. I mean, Zubats had some good blocks on him, but Cameron Payne was really, really, really good this postseason and this season and it's a good story after being drafted in the lottery being drafted I think it was at 14th overall pick going to the G League going over to China then the Sun signing him in the bubble and now he's back it's a really good story to hear yeah yeah he's definitely had some timely buckets for the Suns and just really good piece off the bench yeah just another option I feel like the Suns have a lot of depth too. Like talking about how the Clippers are deep, but the Suns, I mean, they have some really good options. Yeah, but when Cameron Payne or if Chris Paul goes out, you've got some Etwan more minutes, like exactly 10, 15. Those are that, like, the, to be honest, that's kind of some iffy minutes. And I feel like the Clippers have a that's their advantage with a little more depth, a little more guard play. They go five deep at the car guards with Terrence Mann, Pat Bev, Rondo, Luke Kennard, and uh, who else was there? Reggie Jackson. Yeah, Reggie. All solid players. Rondo, not really, but his leadership definitely helps. Definitely, yeah. yeah. So uh, make sure you tune in to Suns Clippers tonight. That's at 6 p.m. Uh, PST. Uh, 9 p.m. EST. Um, it'll be on ESPN. So, um, yeah, that'll be a really interesting game for. So let's move on over to the Eastern Conference where the Milwaukee Bucks, even the series last night, after blowing out the Atlanta Hawks, 125-91. to Trey Young had 15 points, had a terrible shooting night, and um, everybody from Milwaukee really stepped up. Um, so after Atlanta stole game one um, by three, um, Milwaukee responded really well, and um, it's tied 1-1 going into Atlanta. Do we have any predictions for the series? I think the Bucks will win it. I mean, the Hawks have been a surprise all postseason. I did not think they would beat Philly. I didn't think they had a chance in that series. And against the Bucks, I just really don't see them getting past them. I feel like the Bucks are just going to win three straight. Yeah, I, I'm I'm incredibly impressed with the Hawks, and you know, as much as you want to, I want to say I think the Bucks will win, but you know, time and time again, the Bucks have shown that you know they can't, they haven't been able to win in the postseason. I know it's it's been different that they've gotten Drew Holiday, but you know, they still have the main core of you know Giannis and Chris Middleton, and you know that that whole that whole that whole team right there, but um. I don't know. Atlanta surprised everybody, and you know I wouldn't be shocked if if they ended up making it to the finals. It's not just the players; it's how they're playing and how Mike Budenholzer is coaching them. Like Brooke Lopez is still playing drop coverage, and Trey Young, even though he didn't shoot the floater amazing, he's getting to his spots and he can still hit those floaters. And the thing is, Trey Young's gonna step up to the big moment and embrace it. And Atlanta, that team is built for the big moment. Yeah, they're Milwaukee, not. They're not afraid of anything. 
Milwaukee's might crumble in the big moment, even though yeah. they showed something against Brooklyn. There's clear offensive flaws there. And even if Brooklyn had James Harden injured the whole series and Kyrie in the whole series, I think that thing goes six yeah, maximum. I, I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. I, I don't think anybody was beating Brooklyn if they no. were healthy oh, no. from, from any from any team. Just because, you know, in the playoffs, having having superstars matters more than it does having depth, usually. And Brooklyn also has depth. They yeah. also have depth. Yeah, Bruce yeah. Brown was amazing for them. And Claxton yeah. stepped up. Yeah, they Mike had a lot of James. guys. Coming from the Euro League, he was solid. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Atlanta, that Bogdanovich injury is definitely going to hurt. Oh, yeah. And yeah. now we have Solomon Hill playing big minutes. I don't know how much you trust that. Bog- yeah. And it's kind of funny, Bogdanovich playing his old team, or almost his old team, with that whole debacle that went oh, on in the offseason yeah. there. But. Bogdanovich really would have added an extra shot creation element, a little bit of playmaking. Trey Young's really gonna have to carry the load, but I think Kevin Werther or Kevin Herter, he's like, he's really stepping up, and he's oh, yeah. um, he he has a ball handling presence, and he can actually like really play basketball. It's not like just a joke with the yeah. ginger mamba and the red velvet. He, he can really really play he, basketball. He's turning into like a little mini Fred Van Vliet-ish, in my opinion, anyway. Well, I wouldn't say mini because he's 6'7". He's a jumbo shooting guard. and I Yeah, think he's but, not, you know. I don't think he's as good defensively. As, as, as skill-wise, no, you know, I, I would take Van Vliet over, over Herder any day of the week. But, um, in the future, in the next five years, I'll take Herder because he's taller. And taller people usually succeed more in the league. But maybe not because we're seeing all these small guards get far in the playoffs. Maybe you want to build your team around a 6-1 shot chucking. Also good, not bad shot chucking, but can hit big shots like Damian Lillard, Trey Young, Stephen Curry. Like maybe yeah. you want to build your team around that because these 6-8 wings, they're getting knocked out, knocked out of the playoffs. Yeah. And some of the people that are left are these small guards, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Reggie Jackson even. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, not that he's leading a team, but. Yeah. So, do you guys have any thoughts on uh, Chris Middleton's play? Chris Middleton, I feel like he is extremely streaky. I mean, he'll have, like, an amazing game, and then the next game he'll just shoot really poorly and just not, like, he just he'll just be non-existent. And, like, if he can become more consistent in the playoffs, I feel like the Bucks could go really far. Like, I feel like he's... A big factor. I feel like Drew Holiday is a big factor, um, in their success. Yeah. the The thing about the thing about Middleton is, though, you know, I I think he's very underrated, and and same thing with like Tobias Harris and Kyle Lowry and the Chris Pauls and the Russell Westbrooks. You know, before I go on, whenever I say Russell Westbrook, I always say Russell, Russ Russell Westbrook. I don't know why. I guess uh, never mind. But um, I, I just think they're really underrated because you know. People people think of them as overpaid, and they they are overpaid. They get paid, you know, thirty thirty five million dollars a year, and they're they're not worth that. But you know, people spend so much time focusing on that that they don't focus what they do on the court. And you know, they're they're very impactful for their teams. And um, so I I think Chris Middleton is underrated, although he's definitely overpaid. I think he's underrated. I think that's that's a bigger conversation to be had. 
with overpaid players and how we view them and the John Walls of the world, among yeah. others. But uh, I think what was really interesting in, during this series is uh, these this uh, Clint, Ca- Clint Capella, I mean, John Collins, he is really like, he, d- he uh, turned down that contract, I think 90 million over four years, but he is really playing well this postseason. He's been pretty solid defensively. He's been catching some posters. He's been offensive rebounding. And he's like said, maybe I won't get as many touches as I do in the regular season, but I'm going to lock in on, the offensive rebounding. I'm going to lock in on the defensive intensity. And when you see that that's leading to wins because winning cures all, he's going to double down on it. And he's been really, really, really important for the Hawks. And I think he's been underrated. And I think the Hawks are going to bring him back for a hefty amount this uh, offseason. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, we, so we've talked about both um, conference finals. Who do you guys think is going to uh, make the finals? And what's your prediction of uh, what's going to happen? For me, it's uh, Clippers, Bucks, Clippers. If Paul George can like average thirty for the rest of the season, which it's unlikely, but it, it can happen. It's not like out of the realm of possibility. Like if he averages like something thirty-eight and eight, 20, 27 to thirty, and then eight rebounds, eight assists, something around that. I think Clippers can beat the Suns in seven, maybe even six. And then if Kawhi can come back for the finals, Clippers in six or seven. Over yeah. The yeah, I feel like Paul George, it really depends on how well he does. So if he could if he could really step up, average 30, like you said, I, I got the Clippers. Um, but if not, it'll be the Suns. And then for the East, it honestly depends on Trey Young and the other guys just like stepping up and seizing the moment, and also um, how well the Bucks do under pressure. Um, I mean, last year, I mean they have a history of not doing well in the playoffs, not being not being able to get past like the second round. But yeah, it really depends on how good the Hawks can really take advantage of this and just even with the pressure. So. I think the Bucks will win, but the Hawks could do it. I mean, they've surprised me all postseason, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think, um, you know, from the East side, you know, as much as I don't really believe in Milwaukee, I feel like, you know, a team has to go, you know, a team has to go, you know, a team has to go to the postseason and lose for a couple times you know, get the bitter taste in their mouth and then they can make it back. And that's what happens to Milwaukee. So I honestly think Milwaukee is, is going to be the one advancing. Um, I, I think they'll, I'm going to go Milwaukee in, in seven um, just because I think the Hawks are going to, you know, they're going to put up a fight. And then as far as, as Suns Clippers goes, I mean, uh, I, I have a hard time picking against Phoenix just because, you know, you know, I, I, I just don't think the Clippers, I don't think they can, you know, I, Phoenix has been, it's been great. All playoffs. They've lost, like, I think they've lost three games. They've lost three games now. And I just, I, I really, I really think with like, you know, Jay Crowder on that team, obviously going to the finals last year with Miami, you know, Chris Paul, 
He's never been to the finals, but he's been to plenty of uh, Western Conference finals with Houston. Um, I, I just, I really think, um, I think it's going to be Suns Bucks, and um, I think I think the Suns are going to win the title this year. Suns and seven. I think the thing is to watch out with Clippers and Suns is the Suns are a really really good consistent team, and I think the Clippers are a little streaky as a team. But the Clippers' fifth year, like when they're at their best, it's better than anything the Suns can be just because of the personnel. And that hinges on Kawhi, PG, and then their shooters hitting shots on Luke Kennard, on Reggie Jackson, on Marcus Morris, on Nick Batum, and Terrence Mann, all bringing defensive intensity and all hitting shots. And Zubac, he played, he kind of outplayed DeAndre Aiden that game, game three even though DeAndre had been really, really good all series. So I think it's going to be a real toss up there. It's just depending on these individual players really stepping up because we know what these role players will bring throughout the series. Yeah, definitely, definitely going to be interesting. You can, um, you can watch, um, you can watch the Clippers game tonight at eight on ESPN, eight Eastern or my bad, nine Eastern on ESPN. And, um, I leave Hawks Bucks is tomorrow at um um at eight thirty um Eastern time five thirty Pacific, and that game is going to be on TNT. Um, so yeah, those are our uh, our predictions for the um the um those are our predictions for the finals. But you know, after that's over, you know, we have the draft. So, what do you guys think is going to happen in the in the draft? Well, we have the draft lottery, and. We saw yeah. Detroit get number one. I'm going to run through just the top seven. Detroit get number one. Houston, number two. Um, who got Cleveland, Cleveland, number three. Cleveland, Toronto, number yeah. four. Uh, Orlando, number five. OKC, number six. And number seven was the Warriors. And this is a really, really deep, good draft. I think we should take a look at the Pistons. We all really know who's going there. Cade Cunningham, jumbo-sized point guard. He's got a great feel for the game. He's a good passer. He's got good off-ball defense. He's a, he's a pretty good perimeter shooter, shooting over 40% at Oklahoma. Um, he Some compare him to like a super-sized Shea, Gilgis Alexander. Um, and then you got uh, Jalen Green. He's like a really good microwave scorer, played in the G League with uh, Jonathan Kaminga and a bunch of veterans there. Um, yeah. Average kidding. 18 points, three assists, and a steal and a half. And one thing just to note before uh, you say something, uh, Jared Jack, who played on that G League Ignite team, a veteran who used to play in the NBA, said that Jalen Green really, 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 really wants to be great in this league and he soaks up everything like a sponge. And people are not just going to say that. Like, he's for real about it. And I think Jalen Green is the real deal in this draft class. Yeah. Um, so Houston got number two, right? Yeah. 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 So, um, I mean, I, I think I think Houston, Houston needs a superstar because yeah. they're, they're – there, nobody wants to go to Houston in, in free agency, really. Because it, it's not, you know, it's it's a big city, but, you know, it, it doesn't outclass the L.A., the New York, the Chicago, 
you know. I think it's like a second tier city. It's not yeah. as bad as yes. Yeah, I, I think Houston's only chance of, of being really good is, you know, either through trades or the draft. And, you know, they have a lot of assets right now, but they're obviously in a rebuilding, a rebuilding mode and they're not in a win now mode. So if they get a player, you know, in a couple of years, if he could become really good, you know, they could start building him around him and um, make a run. And, you know, obviously right now, I think they have a, they have Christian Wood, who's like a power forward slash center. Um, I think Evan Mobley would be a great fit alongside him. Yes. I don't think so because they're both super skinny um, bigs. And, yeah, it, but and and when going up in the Western Conference um, with uh, all these big, like, beefy um, bigs like Anthony Davis or Jokic yeah. or even Aiden's stronger than them. It's oh, yeah. it's really not a good fit, and even the space the spacing is. I mean, I think, I think Evan Mobley can great. hit the three they, eventually. They can both shoot threes, and we've never seen Evan a, Mobley a is, is 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 not shooting. has has not been able to shoot threes consistently. He might yeah. be able to do it, but a lot of people are actually mocking Jalen Green number two to the Rockets and Evan Mobley number three to the Cleveland Cavaliers for that exact reason. You have ESPN doing that. You have the Ringer doing that. So it's yeah. important to note that it might not really be a good fit. I mean, I, and, I guess you could do that, but I mean, I, I still think the best fit for the Cleveland would, would still be Jalen Green, just because, you know, they haven't had an elite wing since, um, since LeBron left. And, you know, with, you know, the double, the double point guards that they have with uh, Sexton and Carlin, you could have Green play the small forward and, um, you know, I think the Cavs are at a level where they're they're maybe a year or two away from competing again. All right, look, here's the thing. First of all, I think they're going to trade Sexton. Yeah. That's yeah. the first thing. Because they don't want to max him out. Yeah. And yeah. I don't really think he wants to be there. There's like, there are a million stories. But um, I feel Jalen like... Green's a skinny guy. Like, he's not going to be able to play the three immediately. No, no. Yeah, I, mean, I think same... I think I think he's he's the most like NBA ready out of most of these. Uh, no, I think it's Kate Cunningham. Yeah, because I mean, he's people six, look eight. at Jalen Green more of as as a project because he still has to get some more weight on. Oh right, still... right, right, right. Yeah, I feel like he has a lot of potential. I feel like Kate's gonna be good immediately Cunningham's though. Six eight, right? And Jalen. Yeah, and Cunningham's got a really six, really good feel for the game along with Jalen Suggs and Kate Cunningham, the two really smart good feel for the game point guards. Those are the ones that we're looking at and are going to make an impact immediately. And if Suggs, if the Raptors can snag Suggs at number four, that's really, really big. A Suggs, Van Vliet backcourt, even if they left let Lowry go, if we go Suggs or Van Vliet, Suggs, Ananobi, Siakam, Boucher, that's a play-in tournament at least. And then the last big guy in the draft is Jonathan Kaminga. He's uh, people kind of compare him to Danny Granger or Jeff Green or Luol Deng. A uh, big raw athlete with raw skills. Uh, he needs some NBA experience. He's got good athleticism, ball handling, and rebounding. But he can definitely be a piece for the Orlando Magic to snag at five and can be a good defensive uh, piece alongside Jonathan Isaac. And the switching there would be really good. Yeah. So um, the draft is on the um, uh, July 29th. So 
teams still have a little bit over a month to decide who they want to take. But um, yeah, anyway, that is our episode. We covered the conference finals, our draft lottery, and um, who we think will go to watch team. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in to At The Buzzer, and we'll see you guys next week. We'll be right back.